Take your Bible at this time and go to Luke chapter number 23, if you would. Luke and chapter number 23. The first part of the Bible is the Old Testament. And uh, go a little bit past the middle of your Bible and you'll hit Matthew, uh, the very first gospel. I'll explain that word here in just a few moments. Uh, the gospel of Matthew, then you have Mark, and then you have Luke. And then there's uh, the gospel of John. So there's four uh, eyewitness accounts that are given there. And so uh, that's what you're looking at in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the rest of the New Testament is uh, what happened after Jesus went back to heaven. And then the letters that uh, people like Paul wrote and Paul and Peter and Peter and Paul and others that they wrote to help churches understand who they've trusted. And so that's kind of the order of the Bible. And so we're looking today, though, at Luke chapter number 23 Luke chapter 23. In fact, tonight we'll look at John's gospel in chapter number 19. And the choir sang a moment ago, it, is, it was finished on the cross. And the title of the message tonight is the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's done. <laughs> and so I'm thankful to get to, to preach on these great themes here. Okay, so Luke 23, let's look at it together. And beginning in verse number 32. So Luke 23 and verse number 32. The Bible tells us that there, and there were also two other malefactors. And I'll explain that word here in just a moment. One that we use very often, right? Malefactors led with him to be put to death. So we're reading about the crucifixion scene where Jesus is going to die on the cross. That's what is being explained. Verse number 33 now. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding and the rulers also, which had derided him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God, and the soldiers also mocked, mocked him rather, uh, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him, this would be above the cross, in letters of Greek, the language of the people, Latin, uh, the Roman system, the governmental language, and Hebrew, the language of the people that were religious in that area. So in all the languages that the people spoke. Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. And here's what it said. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? 
And we, look at the inside of this gentleman, verse number 41. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. You know what he's saying right there? We had this coming to us. We, we deserve this. But this man, the rest of verse 41, but this man hath done nothing amiss, nothing wrong. Now, notice the faith in verse number 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, or truly, verily, I say unto thee, today, today, this very day, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. How about that? I'm going to read through verse number 46. And it was about the sixth hour, so that would be noon. It was about the sixth hour. Notice this, please. And there was a darkness over all the earth until the third hour. So from noon till three in the afternoon, complete darkness. And the sun was darkened, verse 45. And the veil of the temple was rent or tore in the midst and twain. It, by the way, um, Mark's gospel tells us this, this veil was the very expensive um, curtain, basically, that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And it was tore from the top to the bottom. It was not tore from the bottom where man could reach it to the top. It was tore, it was very tall, tore from the top to the bottom, symbolizing this, the way to God has been made open by God. God has done this. The veil, I'm preaching this right now because I won't have time later. The veil was tore from the top to the bottom saying, all sinners may come. Yeah, it's a blessing. So verse 46 says, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice. Now, we'll look tonight at John and John, John was right there at the foot of the cross and heard what he said and as did others. And he cried with a loud voice, it is finished. We'll explain that tonight, six o'clock. Might explain a little bit this morning, but a lot more tonight. And then, and then here's the last words of Jesus. And, and he said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And having said thus, the Bible says he gave up the ghost. In other words, he died and was buried. But I'm glad, friend, it doesn't end there because it tells us in the next chapter on the first day he rose again. Yeah. So this morning, here's the title of the message. Between two destinies. Between two destinies. Really, that's where you stand today. Between two destinies. Destinies. I'd like to explain that a little bit here in the time that we have. May God bless the reading of his word. I'm going to ask you to be seated. Let's get right to it here this morning. Thank you for your attention and reading. 
two thieves we read of here, two very different destinies. Uh, we use the word destiny in a lot of different contexts. I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't use the word destiny a lot. I mean, you hear it kind of in some different and maybe even weird contexts. So I want to be clear here this morning as to what I mean when I, I think about two destinies. And I, I, I forget exactly how this title, I had the, the title and thinking about the thief on the cross, I, I thought about maybe uh, three weeks ago to preach on the thief on the cross that was saved and, and thought about between two destinies and just needed to study and get the message down a little bit. And so I thought about that title and I think it still does fit because the word destiny, destiny sorry, means uh, the future destined for a person. The future destined for a person. And another term I think that maybe would help a little bit more to get clarity would be this destination. The destination. So Brother Brad a moment ago mentioned that he left the, uh, the jail there and he, he, was, uh, he didn't know exactly where he was going. <laughs> he didn't have a destination, but God knew where he was and had to get to him, a destination. Can I, can I say to you here this morning up front that your destination or your destiny is determined by your choice. Your destiny is determined by your choice. Uh, just last night, I was on a run. That's one of my uh, customs in getting ready to preach is I take what I'm about to preach and I, and I just go on a run for health, but also just kind of think about what I'm preaching. So I was thinking a lot more about what I was preaching than where I was going. And so there's a certain road that if you turn uh, north on it, then you'll, you'll have an extra mile on your run. That wasn't the road that I was intending to take. I was intending to take the next one that would have got me home a little bit or more quickly, but I was just running and thinking about two destinies. And I didn't pay attention to where I was. And I took the first turn rather than the second turn. And then I realized it about halfway through that area. And I thought, oh no, too late now. If I turn back, it's just as far. I just got to keep going. My destination was determined by my choice, even though I didn't even realize what I was doing. It still was my choice, okay? So your destination is determined by your choice. I, I want to be very direct with you this morning. I want to be a, a help to you. I want to be extremely clear that the Bible presents only two destinations after you leave this life. Either the Bible says heaven in our text here today is called paradise, but, but uh, it's used twice, I'm sorry, three times total, uh, two other times other than here, but it's talking about where God lives. It's talking about the place of great blessing. That would be heaven. The other place that Jesus, back in chapter number 16 of Luke, described was a place of, of, of flames and of torment, a place that is a literal place that I must tell you today that is called hell. And the Bible says that you, when you die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. There are two destinations. See, the Bible tells us that. But I want to tell you this today. This is, this is the, the crux of the message, that between between those two destinies, there's a loving Savior. One man died and went to heaven. The other man, I, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us all of the story. I would hope that even maybe this man in the, in the last breaths of his, his existence upon earth, perhaps I, I would hope so that he too would call on Jesus to be a savior, but we don't have record of that. But friend, here's what we do have record of. This man that was on Jesus, whichever hand that it was, this man, this thief that was, that was dying there and he asked Jesus to save him 
Hey, listen, I can tell you today on the authority of the Word of God, that man, the moment he drew his last breath on earth, was immediately in God's presence in heaven. Between two destinies is a loving Savior. A loving Savior. See, the Bible is God's word. It tells us things that we wouldn't know other than what God has told us. The Bible tells us much about God. The Bible tells us much about ourselves. The Bible tells us about heaven. The Bible tells us about hell. The Bible tells us about God's love for sinners. The Bible tells us that Jesus died as a substitute for our sin. The Bible tells us that you can be forgiven. The Bible tells us that you can know for sure what's going to happen to you after you die. I'd like for you to consider that with me here this morning as we take our journey to the cross. And, and I realize that in our, in our time that the cross oftentimes is maybe a piece of jewelry or something that is used in decoration. But in the Roman times, it was a place of execution. It was cruel. It was a, it was a slow and painful death. In fact, Jesus hung on the cross for six hours. From nine in the morning until three in the afternoon. And sometimes a person's death would, would take even longer than that. But listen, they didn't take Jesus' life. He gave his life for you. So we're at the place of the cross. It was reserved for the worst of criminals. Many Romans would not be crucified. It was, it was for those that would rebel against Rome. And here's Jesus being crucified. One man, a thief on his right-hand side and a thief on his left-hand side. And they're referred to in this way, malefactors. Malefactors. The word malefactors is made up of basically two words, mal and in fact, tor, uh, mal. Um, I remember in Spanish, mal means bad. Isn't that Right? Muy mouth, that's muy mouth, that's not good. Right? Mal, I thought about it this way. I was just trying to think about the word malefactor. Why does it say three times in our text? Malefactor. I think about uh, malfunction. If you have something that, that is supposed to work, but it malfunctioned, then it's, it's bad functioning. It's just making sense? Malfunction. I think about malpractice. You know, a doctor does a, a practice. I, you know, I, I, I kind of think about that in a, in a weird way, maybe. I, I think, you know, a doctor, I'd wish he'd be done with his practice before he got to me. I wish he'd practice on somebody else. Amen. Yeah. But here you have malpractice. It means that it's, it, was a mal, it wasn't a good practice. Maybe it would be this malnutrition. And, and it's not good nutrition. It's, you don't have what you need. So, so here it is, a malefactor. Factor, like factory or doing. And, and so here it basically means this, wrongdoers. Criminals, people who have done wrong. I wonder if there's anybody in here today that's done wrong. I guarantee there, there is because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. We've all sinned. Sin is a violation of God's law. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 3 and verse number 23 that all sin and come short of the glory of God. Uh, Paul said in Romans 3, 9, what then are we better than they? No and no wise. For we have before proved, both proved that Jews and Gentiles, they are all under sin. The law was given, Paul said, that, that, that every mouth should be stopped and all the world, all the world may become guilty, guilty before God. 
I want to ask you today, if you stood before God, would you be considered innocent or guilty? Innocent or guilty? If you died today, would you stand before God as innocent or guilty? Would you pause and think about that here just a moment? And because I, I want to, what I want to share with you is how that you can be considered innocent. I'm going to use another word right here because the Bible says this, there's none righteous, no, not one. But the Bible says that he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so there's a way that you can today be called, well, listen to this, righteous. You might be sitting here today and saying, I'm the furthest thing from righteous. I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable right now, to tell you the truth. And, and maybe it was like, like uh, Brother Brad said, he came in here and you saw all those suits. Hey, I'm with Brother Brad. Listen, don't, don't let the suits fill you, uh, fool you. Hey, I'm just tell, simply telling you, there's a bunch of sinners in here, including this preacher. Amen. I'm not proud of that. I'm just simply saying it. That's how it is. And, and uh, we're raising sinners. I mean, that's not like our goal, but I mean, that's who we're, <laughs> who we're working with. I remember, uh, I'd, I, you know, we've tried to teach the boys don't run in church. And, and I remember uh, I was on the first floor right over here and up above, I heard, this was many years ago now, I heard, I heard footprints up, on, up above on the second floor running. And I, everybody is pretty well cleared out and I knew who it was. Two Gaddis boys. And I went up there and I said, boys, where are you running? And Trevor said something like this. <laughs> he knew, he knew he was guilty, right? And then I said to Trenton, now Trenton, I believe he was three, somewhere right in there. I said, Trenton, were you running? He said this, let me think about that. <laughs> okay, so I brought him in the office and I sat him down and said, Trenton, were you running across the pastor's desk? Also his dad. I said, Trenton, were you running? And for a second time, he said, let me think about that. Well, I'll let him think about it. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you today, would you think about it? Have you ever broken any of God's commandments? Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever gotten angry at somebody? Have you ever acted on that anger? Have you ever looked at somebody with lust today? Have you, have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever committed sexual sin? Uh, have you taken, have you taken uh, God's name in vain? I think I've already asked you that, but listen, I'm just simply saying to you, according to the law of God, every one of us, our mouths ought to be stopped and say, yes, preacher, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Hey, hey, we're talking about two thieves today. We're talking about a man on, on the right-hand side of Jesus. And listen, he's being executed. And this man, probably not for petty theft, I guarantee you that. It was more of this, probably armed robbery, that these men had held somebody at gunpoint, at knife point, rather, in gunpoint. No, they didn't have them back then, but <laughs> they had knife pointed. I mean, these were violent men, and they were dying a violent and cruel death. And, and, and when they went through the streets of Jerusalem, oftentimes what they would do is they would have a sign that would go before them and then it would be uh, nailed onto that cross above it and it would say something to this effect in these men's situation. It would say, thief! These men were guilty. They'd done wrong. They were dying for the wrong that they had done. I, I need to tell you that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Hey, listen, the death rate today is, listen, 10 out of 10 people. We all are on our process of dying. I, I know that's a morbid thought. And you say, man, preacher, can't you say something more encouraging on a Sunday morning than I'm on my way to die? 
Well, I understand that, but, but I also want to be a friend to you, even though maybe we don't know each other. I just want to be a friend to you in this way. The truth is that every one of us will die unless the Lord comes again. We understand that from his word, but, but listen, every one of us will face that. And this man was dying for the crimes that he had done. And listen, he had just moments. He only had a short time to live. I don't, I don't know today. I hope you live a long time. I, I hope you have a live a long life. I hope you get to see your kids and grand, your kids grow up and have grandkids. Man, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I hope you get to do, I hope you, I get to live a long time. I kind of like living. How about you? You know, I mean, I just, I, I just, I, I love life and such. And I, I listen, I'm just simply saying, I, but, but we don't know how long we have. In fact, literally, I was working on this very sermon on, uh, on, on, on Wednesday and making great progress, typing them and things were coming to me rather quickly. And all of a sudden, with no announcement, the office I was in that has no windows went completely dark. The power went off. I don't know if it was an accident and somebody hit a pipe, but it wasn't off very long. It was, all, it was off long enough for me to lose what I'd had. And I got to tell you today, whatever is not saved, whatever is not saved is lost. Now that happened to me. And, but, but, it, but listen, I got to tell you today, I don't know how much time you've got on this earth. I don't know how much time any of us have on this earth. And it, it is true. I mean, this is a sobering thought right here. Now I'm about to present to you that what, whoever is not saved is eternally lost. And there's no auto recovery. Two thieves, two destinations. And at that point, they both were on their way to hell. But there was a loving Savior. <laughs> I thought about it this way, and I'm not trying to stretch it this morning, but there's truth to what I'm about to say. There was a loving Savior who was reaching out to both of them. And they both had equal access to him. And listen, I tell you today, you, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how many bad things that you've done. He's the savior of all men and all people have equal access to him. And he'd save anybody that's here that would call on him for salvation today. What's your destination? What's your destiny today? I, I'm asking you in love. I'm asking you on, really on God's behalf. Uh, we're only here on, in his stead. Do you understand what I'm saying right there? On his stead to ask you, if you died today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Do you know the Bible tells us in, in uh, Matthew and Mark that actually both of these men started out railing on him? They both were. The, the um, religious leaders were saying things like, he saved others. He helped others. Let him help himself now. They were mocking him. The soldiers were deriding him. If you be the Christ, if you're really the promised one, the one that's been promised to come and to save everybody, then save yourself. Hey, listen, friend, he couldn't save himself right there. He could. He could have came, let me be clear. He could have called 10, 12 legions of angels. He could have saved himself. But if he had saved himself, he couldn't save you. 
He died for you, see. He died for your sin. He died for my sin. He died for the sins of the whole world. He did not die for his sin. Several times I've got so many verses in my notes that, that say who did no sin, who knew no sin. Jesus never once broke any of his father's commandments. Above his cross said this. That's why he died. That's why he died. Here's why he died. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. What crime is that? No crime if you really are the King of the Jews. He did no sin. I'm glad that even though you've had a past of doubting God, maybe even being angry and bitter and sinning against God, I'm glad God gives you an opportunity to change. And I'm just going to say it was this one on the right-hand side that realized, wait a minute. I, I wonder what this was like exactly. Where he stopped railing on him. I, I don't know. Can I speculate? He's dying there. And the, and the way that you would die in crucifixion is that they would nail your hands and your feet and, and you would have to lift yourself up to get a breath. So when I read it a moment ago, I thought I'm reading this too strong. Those men couldn't really talk that loud. This man is dying. And I, I wonder if he just lifted up one time and he looked over and he saw King of the Jews and he heard them taunting and he heard his own words. And maybe he realized King of the Jews. And maybe it's almost like he looked at that like it was a track. Like a gospel track above him, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, wait a minute, if he's the King of the Jews, that means he's got a kingdom. And I know that he's dying, but if he's the king of the Jews and he's the Christ, that means some days he's coming back. <laughs> and this man, this man was at a place where there, the only thing he could do, see, was to look at this one who was also dying and say to this guy over here, <laughs> don't you love this dialogue that's going, <laughs> he says, Man, don't you fear God? Don't you know we're dying for the sins that were rightfully ours? But this man, he's not done anything wrong. He's not done anything wrong, and, but we justly. And so then he says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come to thy kingdom. And Jesus, hanging there loving him, said, not just someday in the far off future, but today, this very day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Which tells us several things. One, namely this, death is not the end. When you die, you don't cease to exist. You don't go into a soul sleep. Jesus said, I'm just going to go by what Jesus said. Amen. Jesus said, he didn't say you're going to go to purgatory and get all your sins purged away. No, because there's not a purgatory, number one. And number two, Jesus is about to say, it is finished. Amen. And he's saying to this man, today you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. 
His destiny was secure because he trusted the only one that could save him. How about your destiny? Is it secure? You know, I, I thought about this man here. There was not one thing he could do to save himself. He, he couldn't say, um, could y'all give me a little bit of time here? There's some good deeds I want to go do. There was no hope of that. He couldn't say, hey, from here on out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a good person. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. Whatever that means. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I, I'm going I'm to join a church. I'm going to be baptized. No hope. In himself, no hope. If that was how it was then, does it stand to reason today that it's the same way for you? That the one in the middle, the, the one that was dying for our sins, who's going to be buried and rose again, that he's your only hope for salvation. And if, if it stood back then that Jesus was able to say to him, today shalt thou be with me in paradise, that he could also say the same to you today as well. Now, I hope you have more time than what he had, but we don't know. And friend, that's why we have a friend day. Because you need to know this message. Two destinies. But between two destinies is a loving Savior who would save anybody who would come to him. You say, yeah, but man, what about that guy? His past, his past, <laughs> his past didn't keep him from being forgiven. His past was the reason that he needed to be forgiven. Isn't it amazing? They nailed him to this cross. And he was in sin and on his way to hell. But when he trusted Jesus to be a savior now, oh yeah, he's still hanging there. But he's going to die and immediately be in heaven. You know why that is? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. Trust. Trust him. There's nothing else you can do. Trust him. Believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Would you stand with me here this morning? I appreciate your kind attention. I hope that that message of the gospel has helped you. The good news, that's what good, the gospel means. It means good news. I hope it's helped you to think. I hope it's helped to clarify. There's only one way to salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask if you would just to 
give a, a moment of prophecy to this moment, just by simply in an attitude and spirit of prayer, just, kind of, just bow on your head where you are. And I'd like just to ask today, because the Bible makes clear that you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, just like that man knew, because what Jesus said. I wonder today, how many of you could raise your hand in the privacy of this moment and say, yes, I trusted Jesus as my Savior, and I know for sure I'm going to heaven. Would you raise your hand to that? If you can now, if you know that for sure, praise the Lord. Maybe it was as a child or as a teenager or as an adult, like we heard from Brother Brad a moment ago. Thank you. you may put your hands down. I'm glad we could raise our hand to that, not because of any good works we have done, but because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now let me ask between two destinies is a loving Savior. How many of you would say right now, preacher, I'll be honest, I know that I'm a sinner, and I don't know for sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I am concerned about it based on what you said. Would you raise your hand here? Let me look around the room. Would you raise, yes, thank you for your honesty. Yes, I see your hands there. Thank you. Yes, you may put your hands down. Thank you. Yes, I see your hands there. Several hands actually all over the auditorium. Thank you. I see you in the balcony there. Thank you, dear lady. Thank you. Thank you. Who else here today? Yes, see, I see your hand. Thank you there. Yes, thank you. Yeah. You raised your hand. Maybe even just if you want to look, just look up this direction at me. I just realize I can't talk to everybody at one time. But if you could get that settled today, and the Bible says that you can, wouldn't you like to just get it settled today? You say, well, how could I do that? <clears throat> In just a moment, we're going to invite you just to just walk down there. I'll realize we're in a big crowd, and maybe that would be a bit embarrassing to you, but listen, this is friend day. I can say to you, you're among friends, people that care about you. And we, and we want to help you to look at God's Word and see how you can be saved. And somebody would take you. We have rooms that are just off to the sides here where you can sit down. You could ask questions. They'll do some explaining. But mainly today, we want to we help you. Just like this man prayed, basically, and said, Lord, save me. Essentially, it's what he was saying. And that's exactly how salvation takes place. I'd like to invite you to come. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity. And those that raised their hands, and maybe some that I overlooked, but I know you didn't. And I pray that you'd help each and every one that needs salvation today they wouldn't put it off another day but that they'd be like that man on the cross that died alongside of Jesus that put his faith in you and you saved him so help us in this invitation now in Jesus name amen